to Kingdom Tuesday. Thanks for joining me. Well, hope you're having a good Tuesday and a good week so far. We're picking it up with our um, kind of just ongoing uh, series looking at the Escondido theology, just more properly, I think, focused on uh, the particular chapter that deals with um, interaction with Meredith Klein in Kingdom Prologue. Um, and this hopefully works well as we have it roll out on Monday, where we are dealing with Chris's book and and uh, trying to do that at a decent pace, just trying to, you know, you can read the book, you can listen to that discussion, hopefully that just provides uh, some general sense of of where that book is at, where it's coming from, where we're going with it, and uh, just in that vein forms a helpful summary of Klein's theology. Um, Chris hasn't tried to be original with that, but rather has just tr- uh, tried to bring Klein's theology, which is often very difficult to read, um, to just a more accessible level, get you interested and get you reading some more uh, from Klein himself. Um, now, uh, what I wanted to do is just carry on from where we left off. I said last time that we are kind of um, over with the introductions and, and getting on with the actual um, material, <clears throat> the um, the look at the, or frames critique at, uh, of Klein's Kingdom Prologue. And um, hopefully everything we've said on Monday will actually be enough to actually, you know, be quite helpful now um, if you have been tracking with that Monday series. If this is all boring to you, you know, maybe Tuesday is a good one to skip. But uh, this is kind of where where I'm at and will be for a while. So this is what Tuesdays is going to be about. Now, with that in mind, last time I looked at methodology um, and oh, maybe what I should say as well, just before we get going, if this is the first time you're kind of joining us for it. Kingdom Tuesday. The reason why this relates to, why Meredith Klein's work relates to the Two Kingdom thing and part of uh, Frame's overview of the whole Two Kingdom movement and dislike for it, um, is that Klein is really at the bottom of it. <laughs> I suppose you could say he his exegesis is uh, certainly identified by Frame as being the source exegetically of, of the Reformed Two Kingdom movement. and um, And certainly there is uh, that would be correct, um, I think, more so than any identification with historical Lutheranism or anything like that. Obviously, as we've said over and over again, there are those um, connections to be made at some level. But uh, fundamentally, the Reformed version of Two Kingdom Theology, I think, does rightly uh, come from Meredith Klein's work. Now, on that topic, um, what I do just want to mention, I want to talk a little bit today about Klein and the Kleinians. Um and what I mean by that is is that obviously if Klein is at the source of this stuff, then um, obviously you know he hasn't said everything that there is to say about what Frame himself is critiquing in Two Kingdom thought. So there's it's probably wise to spend a little bit of time just thinking about Klein and the Kleinians and their relationship and you know it, it, what is a whole another interesting study and perhaps we'll get to talk about this at some point. But you know to what extent. Have the Kleinians um, gone past Klein? You know that that might be worth considering. And in fact, I can think of a few instances where um, I've seen that happen. You know, if you got Van Drunen, uh, Michael Horton, um, let's just stick to the big names for now. You've got those two guys, obviously making some major waves, um, both from Escondido, which is the Westminster Seminary there, and um, and you know they they both. I mean, they're their own. They are their own theologians, um, 
Perhaps is a better way to say that, but you know what I mean. They are um, they are the, they are thinkers uh, in and of themselves, and really excellent ones at that. So they have run with Klein's thought right at the very base level, but they've they've said things that Klein never said, and and uh, often you know it might there might be a, a legitimate bit of debate as to whether what Klein has said would lead properly to what they're saying at every quarter. So you got to keep that in mind as you go through this, but certainly as Frame sees Klein at the root of of so much of what has been built upon by those later two kingdom authors. Um, uh, this this becomes important. This this uh, becomes a two kingdom Tuesday issue, not just a Meredith Monday issue, so to speak. Um, and then the thing about that as well is that, and this is just to have in the background, and what I'm slowly starting to piece together more and more is that where Frame would disagree with others about two kingdom theology, it's not it's not always the safest course of action to think that he's automatically disagreeing uh, with with Klein and whether Frame himself realizes that uh, and has made those distinctions. Well, you know uh, that is uh, that's hard to say, but um, certainly we need to keep that in mind. Uh, you can't just lump them all together into one escondido theology. To be fair, I have heard um, Frame in a recent interview say that he wasn't ever intending to do that, but perhaps could have uh, been a bit more careful with his language. And, um, you know, he realizes that not even everyone at Escondido Seminary is a two-kingdom guy. I think the the president is, um, or the dean or whatever they call him, is not, for example. He's Kuyperian. So it's, it's not that Frame is wanting to necessarily print paint everyone with the same brush but it kind of has come across that way and um but even further still you know you could have many instances where and in fact you see it all the time as you read through frame he agrees with client he agrees with um uh client on, on many things and um as we've said in previous episodes client has actually been quite influential uh, on frame he admits that a few times and yet um uh, there are disagreements, but you know those disagreements are not always disagreements that will run thematically all throughout the rest of the disagreements in the book. And I think that's important to point out because it's not necessarily the case that if you buy into client, although he's the founder, so to speak, of of the the Reform Two Kingdom project, not founder, but the the it comes from his exegesis. Um, you know, you it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to buy into the Reformed Kingdom to uh, r2k theology thing at at the full package level they are there's lots of room i've seen more and more as as we're going on lots of room for even a uh well i was going to say lots of room for uh, many nuances and many softenings of the two kingdom position uh, what would be really interesting is and maybe this would be more of an eschatological issue but i think there's probably even room for um someone to embrace a lot of what klein is saying and, um, you know, stay Vantillian and um, have a lot of his Kuyperian come th- uh, stuff come through as well uh, to soften transformationalism, to be, qualify it to some level that it might form a good via media. Um, you know, there, I think there, those sorts of things haven't been explored properly yet. There's just a lot of heat around this debate. Um, and so uh, it's something that certainly I'm interested in looking at. I mean, as a, as a Kleinian, I know that... Um, there must be weak spots, even if that's what makes them weak. You can't see them, you know, and um, and it, certainly when it comes to issues of culture, uh, it's a very sensitive, fragile thing, and it, there's always room for sharpening. And uh, I don't think anyone's quite got everything, you know, completely mastered yet in terms of every scenario 
and uh, there's certainly room for improvement and just sharpening at least um, from everyone's side uh, in that regard um, you know and and I think the only way we'll ever get to thinking about those improvements is if we see where the overlap exists uh, between the two ways of thought so that we're able to kind of point out um, where the actual conflict lies and the degree to which that conflict affects the overall system. Um, um, you know, Frame points out that uh, with all the notions of uh, two kingdoms and with the uh, secular realm uh, not having biblical norms imposed upon it, uh, we have to remember that that even that, I mean, that's a big thing in, in Van Drunen's thought. And, you know, he wants natural law to rule in the civil realm and he wants uh, biblical uh, revelation to, to rule in the, in the redemptive realm. And, um, and even that idea, as, as Frame points out, is um, largely an imposition of biblical norm upon a, a secular realm. In other words, we're just simply saying that... Um, this is the way that God wants it. He wants the civil realm to be governed by natural law. He wants the um, the, the redemptive realm to be governed by Scripture. Where would we get an idea like that if it was not the Scripture itself teaching us those things? And therefore, in some way, not not a sharp imposition, but it, it is you know that that is ruling the day in terms of the way that we are then setting up our two kingdom theology. So no one can really get away from doing that at some level and that you know i think it's a good point frame doesn't say this but i think in some sense that does make everyone in some sense a kind of transformationalist at some level and i know that's very provocative to say but it's kind of you know if you understand where i'm coming from there really the issue is more to do where you put where do you put that cultic boundary um you know and and also you know even just saying that acknowledging that we we agree that there is a cultic boundary in place in terms of our engagement with uh, secular culture as the redemptive kingdom. Um, but we agree so because of the lordship of Christ. I mean, he is king. He gets to make those decisions. So so the bottom line is everyone, and, and here's the thing that's interesting, Klein and Frame really agree on that lordship principle. Um, both want to do what they're doing as a result of their high view of Christ's lordship. Um, both want to, uh, here's, here's where it gets even crazier, both want to um, actually go ahead with a certain view of what we do with culture based on where it is that we see the Lord directing uh, the church in, in their engagements and, and where that cultic boundary lies. So, you know, they're, they're in agreement there <laughs> in many ways. It's just, of course, you know, there is a sense in which um, they've disagreed. Well, not a sense in which they have disagreed entirely on where to put that line, where to, where the Lord himself would regard that line having been placed. I think I'm seeing, just in reading Klein and Frame together so far, I'm seeing a, uh, that they are talking past each other a little bit, it feels like, in that uh, Frame is so concerned with the Lordship leading to application in all of life, meaning not just that we apply the Bible in all areas, but that we actually have a transformationalist view. Um, he's so concerned that that affects the glory of Christ that he's not really hearing Klein say 
that he is also so concerned with the Lordship of Christ that he is concerned to be careful not to transgress a cultic boundary that the Lord himself is putting into place. Both of them are supremely concerned of the of the Lordship of Christ. And, and, you know, I think just to acknowledge that sometimes helps and it just gets you a little closer into where the, the heat lies. But all of this applies mainly to, to Frame and Klein, because as soon as you move into something like Van Drunen and, and uh, Frame, um, you see they probably are further apart just in terms of their theology in that I don't know necessarily that Klein wants natural law in the civil realm quite in the same way that Van Drunen does. Um, I'm not sure that uh, Van Drunen is quite as sold on the idea of antithesis and um, and that Vint- Vantillian sort of uh, split down the middle as Klein is, which again, unites him more to frame. So there's a lot of interesting play there. Um, next week, I've, if Lord willing, I'm going to actually have a opportunity to talk to John Frame about this. I think I'm going to ask him that question and I'll get back to you guys as to what he what he says um, whether he has any comment that, that might move us forward on that one, just in terms of uh, whether he's really year inclined and um, and just on that issue of um, being more closely aligned to Klein maybe than Van Druden. And, um, and, and, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm expecting, you know, this total, wow, look how everyone can just get along. So don't, don't hear me saying that, but I do think, um, you know, for me personally, look, let me pull this back as a pastor. The one thing I have learned that as you talk things out, you do get closer to what, what is actually wrong. And it is helpful to work at that thing rather than the other things that sometimes cloud our thinking. Uh, but you know, for me personally, as a pastor, I do want to, I want to have a good, robust view of, um, cult and culture. I want to know how that works. I want to know what I am to do as a Christian in culture. I want to know how to um, do things for the glory of Christ and how how He has called me to interact. Uh, this extends for you know anything from our daily vocation to watching a movie to uh, in- engagement with art to just whatever it is. You know, everyone I think would do well to just acknowledge that there is always a blind spot in our own position. I've I've long since felt. That you know, any two kingdom guy is going to be so sold on the two kingdom thing that there is, of course, a danger of just you know that aloof detachment from culture that a transformationalist is not going to be guilty of. He's going to feel impelled to get in there and make a change, and and you know where they, I, I would say, they need to have that same opinion or same kind of uh, check on themselves when. Uh, you know, I, most responsible transformationalists will keep the gospel front and center, ministry of the church, etc. But their practice might lead them to be somewhat distracted in that. I don't think that's going to necessarily be a problem for a two kingdom guy. They're going to be focused on word and sacrament, but they might grow aloof. And so I don't think that, that, that by reading the opposing viewpoint, you're necessarily going to flip over into the other camp or come up with some amazing, um, you know, via media. But what you might do is just have something, just get a little less confident on some of your weaker points so that you're just not falling into those ditches that we can too easily fall into. Um, And so, yeah, again, stay tuned to this day uh, on Tuesday, Two Kingdom Tuesday. For a while, we'll be digging into exactly that. Uh, Just going back and forth on Klein's theology, realizing it's at the the base of it all. Um, And just understanding that, you know, there are going to be some good points that are thrown back at Klein. And I think, at the you know, having read through this chapter a few times now, I think that, um, I, I do think that Klein has the the better argument. 
I do. Um, I think that I'm sold. I'm sold on what he's saying. But it's also good to know that there are some vivid points that lead me to that conclusion. It's not just that I'm, you know, choosing some sort of random guy to go with. Uh, your your anchor falls on scripture, as it were, as you've reasoned this thing through. But I feel like I'm 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 more balanced as a result, just as a result of reading this one chapter in the book, uh, despite all the, the 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 sort of, you know. Uh, what do you call it, just all the missiles that have been launched and thrown around and truly some of the blog controversy stuff around the subject is horrendous. I mean, man, sometimes people forget that they're Christians uh, when they're when they're writing stuff to each other. Um, unacceptable. And from any from any way, we should just not be slandering the other camp um, that, as you so often see, happen. Um, and so anyways, bottom line, um, we, we just... Let's get humble, let's learn, let's improve, let's sharpen. That's what this day is about. And uh, hopefully that's something to think about. See you tomorrow.